chaos comes, it's a chance to be initiated. You know, thinking that the United States and its ideas in church have come closest to reflecting reality is like thinking Iceland is the basketball capital of the world. It's actually a psychological disorder. F-O-M-O. Fear of missing out. When a man becomes who he was made to be by God, every day is adventure. Guys, welcome back to the Ansons Podcast. It is hot in the Ansons Podcast studio today. Not by Southwestern standards, where some of you who are down in the Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada region, Mexico itself, kind of tend to mock us for complaining when it gets into the 90s. This is actually a great case for why you can't compare suffering. Like, your suffering needs to be valid within your own story, because you are not an orphan that has just arrived from Somalia. That can't be the only measure of suffering out there. And then what about physical suffering is acknowledging that you don't have, like, direct uh perception of what your body is experiencing just knowing that you have neural mediation where you like have feedback your hand feels something goes to your brain your brain makes a decision about it and gives your you know your consciousness your conscious perception a signal we talk about this in exercise all the time you don't know how much you're suffering yeah right ditto with heat just to go listen guys neither of us are actually feeling how hot it is Accurately. Right. Relative to our past experiences, your brain is making a decision about how miserable this heat should make you, and then you can interact with that signal however you want. So actually, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable right now. Ah, it's weird. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, like how things that disrupt your metabolic rate, like sleep deprivation or being too stressed, make you hotter because it rises. That's what I feel right now. Uh, anyway, sorry to hear that that's what's going on for you. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe I'm stressed. <laughs> hmm. It is midsummer here in Colorado and in most of the Western hemisphere, by which I mean Northern hemisphere, which is the one that's, we know how stuff the works. Hemispheres is the, the tilt of the planet. Longitudinal and division, right? Things. And then the Northern. I'm not supposed to be an expert in everything. Okay. Attitudes. And what we thought would be great in this podcast would be to talk about stuff and things. Kind of how the one relates to the other. (laughs) (laughs) Extrapolate, but without going, you know, all the way down the rabbit hole. What do you mean when you say you're here to talk about stuff? Aren't you always talking about stuff? The reason we're actually talking about stuff is um, kind of for the interesting thing of, yes, it's true. There's there's not a real correlation between things you have and like happiness, and in the middle of summer, there's kind of a fun circle through and go. um, Are the resources with which you are endowed uh, contributing to the things that you're called to? Which is a sentence I've never said in my entire life, (laughs) and may never say. Do you want to say it now? Nope. I don't know that I get them all the words all right. Is your stuff aligned to your purpose? Say you love hosting, but you don't have anywhere to sit. You kind of have a basic stuff problem. Mm. Or if you really want to exercise, but you only buy cheap running shoes, 
your stuff is not aligned to your purpose because you're going to injure yourself probably eventually if your running shoes don't work with your feet. Right. Uh, in which case it goes, no, unless your end game was to be cheap, that's not fitting <laughs> your Which goal. it is for some people. You, for instance. I am uh, pretty. Most pairs of your shoes are falling apart. That's true. For your mountain bike, for your walking around during the day shoes. I don't, I don't see the point, Sam. Huh. <laughs> um, uh, that actually just got recently remedied. Look at this. Yeah, somebody yeah. else bought you shoes. My wife. I told uh, her not to. Exactly. Okay. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, the other one that I thought was really interesting was how much we think like the well-being of our heart is worth or how much we want to let, I'm serious, God make decisions about what's valuable uh, in terms of joy, recreation, time with him, and to kind of go, we're growing in principles of like good financial stewardship. And is God allowed to disrupt any one of those whenever he wants to? Right. Because for that third category, at least, you have to do some digging in the motive um, because you could have a hypothetical example of I'm not spending money on a bunch of different things because I'm trying to be a good steward of what I have and not just fall into consumerism. But if you dig into like the underlying belief, what's there could potentially be distrust that if you spend the money, more won't come. Therefore, God actually isn't looking out for you. And so what can look like you trying to be a good steward is actually just total fear. Yes. and refusal to risk. So you just laid out three categories that are worth diving into because um, you start talking about things. I remember there was a gal who was joining our staff uh, a couple years ago and you were, were out to lunch and you asked her this question, just <laughs> yeah. trying to like, I don't know, ask a, an odd question because I think we all get a little tired of like, so what do you do or what, what, like what is going on for you this summer? Like how many times have you asked that and like been so bored of asking it that you're not even listening for the answer. So you asked her, what's the most recent thing that you bought that is bringing a lot of joy? What, what, like what? Because you were buying things all the time, folks. I think I said sub $100 purchase. That And she just didn't give you an inch. She just looks at you and goes like, well, we just sold everything and we've been living in a single wide and now we just moved across the country. So I haven't really been buying any things recently. Well, I, well you could argue that the question was effective. We look, and that this, this person, by the way, is super <laughs> awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Right. It, it was beautiful to watch you get shut down for what you thought the answer was going to be, but it did reveal a lot more about this person's life and what had been going on than maybe if you'd asked, so what's been going on recently? They might not have shared some of that data. So I think about stuff, think about things, I think about vocation, think about life. Um, the first one that actually comes to me because it's summer is joy. And there's sort of the, the country song that comes to mind of like money can't buy me happiness, but it, it can buy me a boat. Um, I don't know how many times I've walked around the neighborhood and been like, we, there's a couple of reservoirs nearby. So there's some people that have boats, um, everything from sailboats to pontoons. And I see them and I look at them and I go, I know that's not the answer for my happiness, 
But I'm also not like 100% convinced that that's not the answer for my happiness. And something that God's been doing for me really over the last year is teaching me that joy is scalable. And if I'm willing to enter into the scale that we have at the moment, like joy is there. And there's been many cases where a clementine or some fresh watermelon is joy and it's a couple of bucks and having kids that delight in fruit and delicious things has helped me see that that is joy and scalable and doesn't have to be a gourmet meal. Um, I forget who it was that said it actually like what makes a meal really good is the company, not the quality of the food necessarily Mm. because you can have a phenomenal meal with a horrible human being and it will be a miserable experience. But if you are with someone you love and enjoy, it can be anything. It can can be almost anything that you're eating. Um, And so that, that piece of joy being scalable um, has been big for, for our family as we think about things and pursuing joy this summer. And um, one of our, big purchases, biggest purchases for a long time, um, is a pop-up trailer. And boom, this thing is a, is a piece like it, not, it was a couple grand. And I mean a couple, like not, not much. And that was apparently that's how much these things cost. And and how, you know, for a piece of equipment that goes up to how you're telling me, and I just couldn't believe how much thousands and thousands of dollars, five, 10, no twenties there. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, this thing's 1992. Like, this thing is almost as old as you, older than Luke. Um, but it was our, like, what's the... We've been putting some money aside to have a rhythm of camping with our family. And I, I figured, like, let's borrow a tent. Let's borrow somebody else's pop-up. And um, through a series of, ask, or, like, pursuing those avenues, they all kind of got shut down. And we realized, like, well, like maybe it's time for us to invest that money in one of our own. And, like most big purchases I have wrestled with it ever since like there's the regret almost immediately and of course the timing that went down was our car needed a bunch of work like the day we bought this thing so all of a sudden what felt like our security blanket of having this couple thousand dollars is now gone because we have to spend the rest of it on the car and we're like why are we doing this thing like well we're doing it to pursue joy we're doing it to set a family cultural rhythm that I think I, I've mentioned in person. I don't know if I mentioned it in the podcast, but I love adventuring. I love going and doing these things. And in the summer, that looks like a lot of triathlons and mountain bike events. Well, I wanted my family to know that for every event I do without them, for every adventure I have without them, I'm going to be doing two or three with them so that the the majority of my adventuring will be with my family. And so that when the occasional one that's by myself happens, there's not like this feeling of I'm choosing away from them, but that I do have both. And that hasn't been the case yet. It's been mostly me. And so this <laughs> throwing a couple grand at this pop-up and we took it out in the woods last weekend. It rained almost the entire time, which was fine because we have a pop-up and then we have a little table and the kids are like rolling around one of the beds. And if we'd been in a tent, it would have been miserable. And it was, and continues to be like an area that God is using because I set it up. And of course a bunch of different things break 
and my first setup in our driveway before we even go. And it's all of the questions of like, is this worth it? Can I fix these things? Why does the door not latch? That feels fairly important to a thing you get into and out of through the door. So joy being scalable has been a really great category for that because we didn't need to get the nicest one, didn't need to have all of the features. In fact, the previous owner had like used a Sawzall and cut out most of the old features. And that like, that's fine. It really is. Because what I wanted was just another like lower barrier of entry to go and pursue these adventures with my family. And it fit the test that I was bringing to, is this thing going to bring joy and adventure and also be a good use of the money that we have? It's so good. What I hear is accurately answering the question of, in this season... What does it look like to actually support the things that we feel are core, that we value? What was it? What was it at 18? A longboard? Like there were there are always steps that feel painful. Like I remember when you bought a hundred dollar longboard and going like a hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. What? Uh, but it was seasonally right. And just to go Oh man, it scales, but the feeling doesn't scale. Uh, here are a few ones. When I start thinking through what are things uh, in summer that were actually joy bringing purposes, you're either a hardcore triathlete, you've got 70.3 coming up, I've like glommed more into the mountain biking space because I like it and if you don't have as much time to train, you can just do one thing. You know, perennially injured over here. We've discovered hand up apparel. Hand up. Like, lift your hand up. Yeah, uh, this is not an advertisement, by the way. No, they didn't. But if anybody knows these guys and they want to advertise with us. We're just send us some stuff. Uh, <laughs> like shorts, pants, jerseys, gloves. For they're all in like the... You know, 15 if they're gloves, 30 if they're jerseys or shorts, 50 if they're pants range uh, to go like, you know what? You don't actually need, it's kind of like, you know, a jersey to enjoy mountain biking. Uh, But let me tell you, shorts that are uh, light and don't chafe and uh, feel comfortable on a ride, that is worth the $40 that you would have to <laughs> spend. Um, I'm currently wearing some, another band I'm not gonna, that I'm not getting any money from, but I support, you know, we all know hopefully about the climb, the enter your email and you become a member so they can call themselves member only pricing on gear that's 50 to 60% off. I'm wearing some Wilder and Sons uh, commuter chinas Fantastic. They're a little bit stretchy, super comfy. Uh, could ride a bike on them if I had to. They have like little reflective tape, and if I roll it up, cost $22. Um, totally contributing in the, like, will I, how much will I like being outside? And will going outside just be an exercise and like becoming, is it just like this initiation thing? Or, is there going to be 
can I lower the joy barrier a little bit and act to make it fun? Another one where this recently happened, recently went camping with a couple buddies, and I, I kid you not, one of my friends who is experimenting in extreme minimalism slept in sweatpants and a sweatshirt on the rocky ground up on this mountain. By which I mean he didn't sleep. And in the morning, as, he, as we were talking about it, and he was reflecting on how much real like, uh, discomfort we experience. You would think the takeaway was, man, we're so weak. But in this context, uh, the takeaway for him was, as he was praying, the father was telling him, I actually want you to be less comfortable with pain. You've made that your rule. Endure. And that shut down where I actually want to uh, be lavish with you. Have you experienced love? Have you experienced the mother heart of God? So that script could be flipped. But here we go, guys. You know, Thermarest makes the Neo Air, the one that I would plug. Guys, none of the stuff we have any relationship with. Uh, Big Agnes, which I think is a steamboat company. The AXL Air sleeping pad runs 100 bucks. If you're my buddy... That is your low-hanging fruit summer joy to go. Most people like camping until it's time to go to bed, at which point no one likes camping until about midway through the next morning, and go, is this going to increase summer joy to go? Do you have a sleeping pad that's not cumbersome that you can actually sleep on that you enjoy? If not, my recommend is the Big Agnes AXL Air. What I like about this is that it's actually so personal to your story. Um because there's the narrative of I am okay with suffering that needs some pushback from the Holy Spirit to be like, actually, that's a problem and we need some generosity. We need some comfort. I meant to bring that as well. And then there's the other narrative of I have to have everything go smoothly and well and be comfortable and don't like anything that's outside my control that it's like, well, what you need is going to be very different. Um, I'm thinking of Luke and exercise right now. And for the, when he got into triathlon, like that's kind of a high barrier of entry because of all of the, the equipment. And I can feel a little restrictive, whereas like running, everybody can do because most of us have a pair of running shoes for some reason. Like we all had gym class and that was required. And so you can go do it. But a wetsuit, a pool... That feels uh, both awkward and expensive. And then a bike, like that feels even more so. And so these, there's like all this potential for poverty to get in. There's all this, this potential for needing the nicest thing versus, I mean, just all, the way that your personal story is unfolded. So for, for Luke, and sorry if you don't want me showing this, but I don't think it's that big a deal. Um, <laughs> He borrowed a bike for the first year, like found someone who had a road bike who just wasn't using it and used theirs, found a way to bring that barrier of entry down to his level, which was, I don't have any money. So how am I going to do this thing? And it worked like the mentality wasn't, I need the nicest thing. It wasn't, I need a bike that's mine. It was... I need access to something that fits me and is a road bike. And so 
like since, since that was the criteria, um, it totally works. And then it allowed him the space to see if he liked the thing, to to experience it, and then to begin saving. And this year, he bought a much nicer bike. That's I think the first bike he may have bought in himself ever. Um, and there's like an appropriate seasonality to that. There's like the next chapter of, hey, this is something that you've committed to. This is something you enjoy doing. Let's see what the father has for you in this next stage. And um, like, I, I love that. I love that arc. I love that it's over the course of some time because it, to me, reveals that there's actual desire motivating the thing. I know there's been cases for me where I feel like I need I need the gear to go do the thing and so therefore like I don't go camping because I don't feel like I have what I need to go do it but actually the truth is is that there's lots of people in my world I could have borrowed this stuff from lots of people that have more money than me that have the nice stuff that I could borrow it from dad had his stuff raided from us on multiple occasions um, and what me not seeking that out, but me needing to feel like I I needed the stuff in order to do re- revealed was that I actually didn't want to be doing the thing. And so this is a little bit to one of your earlier three tiered questions. One of the things that we feel called to as a family is fostering, but I feel the pressure to have space and income to create a home that is a certain tier for whoever we bring into our family. They need a room, they need a certain square footage. I don't want to put extra strain on the rest. I just, I don't know, I don't know what it is. It, the, the arguments begin to feel really weak, but it's that I need to literally build a wall. I need to divide my house up. We, it's, we don't have the world's largest house. I feel the need to have a bigger house in order to do these things. Um, and this is where like the stuff barrier is totally getting in the way and being the excuse from what could actually be like, well, so what it's revealing is I am terrified of doing it and loving my own kids can be so hard and so revealing of these places I need to do internal work that I'm terrified of bringing in somebody else's kid and not having like the biological predisposition to somehow be a better father for them. So, so it's the, huge. Yeah. This is a good moment for a few tactical pieces on thinking about your stuff and your summer can be an awesome opportunity to repent of your fatherless disposition because I'll have conversations with guys about, I don't know, trips that I take, the fact we went to the Oregon coast and like, or I'll even be this person where you and Luke invited me to come do a try earlier in the year, and I was like, I'm just not going to put 100 bucks there right now. Try registration is $100. And like, and it sounds, I don't know, judicious. I don't need to spend $100 to do something. I could go on a ride. What it actually was, was fatherless. It's going, yeah, I don't, I can't do that. And there's kind of the, there's a weird swaggering posture to being on your own, being like the freelancer, street dog, um, street dog. 
I was thinking of that because of a real conversation I had with a freelancer on how it feels like a dogfight all the time. But going, it, it's fascinating to unpack that when you go, yeah, I couldn't do that. I couldn't get a $100 sleeping pad and go, no, you literally could. What is in you saying, I can? And let's assume that everything is for you, that the father really is going to completely uh, cover your need now and and not by a $2,000 check showing up in the mail, but by actually sustaining your being through daily bread, on-time provision. Let's assume that's reality. And now, what is he asking you to do? And are you doing it in, in confidence that he'll come through for you? Luke's word bike being a great example of someone could say, I, I can't buy a bike right now and go, maybe not, but maybe you're not being asked to buy a bike right now. Maybe the father wants to meet you in the wilderness and where he's providing to you is going, but your coworker was just talking about how they love to mountain bike. And you could ask a Saturday or two this month if you could borrow their bike because you want to learn the ropes or do they have an old bike? Most mountain bikers have more than one bike, you guys. The little secret about them. Uh, they've got their old bike and then they have the bike they upgraded to and you can get a foot in the door that way. A few other things that are just on the tactical side that are interesting around stuff and purchases. When I think of things that are bringing joy this summer, one of them is a $30 cobalt pickaxe that doesn't actually belong to me. It belongs to a friend. And in our little masculine culture, we make sure that we're buying different tools because we have a little mini commune right now. And I go, eventually, I want to own all of the tools. But right now, the thing that makes sense is to keep building up this uh, communal inventory. It's really interesting with backpacking of maybe you have a friend or two that you love to go backpacking with, but probably everyone you know doesn't like to go backpacking at the same time. And kind of wouldn't it be interesting if you thought about people whose stuff you were willing to share and then viewed it as a communal endowment that you were going to contribute to? So you're like, I would love to buy a sweet tent. But right now, I know I can borrow one from Todd, Ryan, whoever he is, because we don't usually go together, but we are confident sharing equipment. But what we don't have is the ultralight stove stuff or like the biolight stove that actually makes the camping experience that much more enjoyable. I'm going to throw that in knowing I can do the borrowing thing for now. What are things that are sort of the infrastructure contributing joy to uh, my daily experience? I love the blogger, Mr. Money Mustache, whatever his real name is. Who can ever remember it? Because it's not the name of his brand. Uh, hardcore stoic, hardcore minimalist, but also willing to be a total Epicurean, completely luxurious on things that he knows actually contribute happiness to his life, um, which is kind of fascinating of going, is stoicism your only principle? Is frugality your only principle? It won't work. They need to unfold in conversation with other values. My daughter and I make coffee together every morning. Obviously, she doesn't drink the coffee, but she loves the process of like scooping the beans out of the bag and putting them into the grinder and then 
it's not quite strong enough yet to flip the grinder switch. So putting your hand on it while it's flipped and then pouring the things into the AeroPress. Um, I love my fancy coffee grinder in the $100 range, my Brazza Encore, the highly rated, you can get it under $100 and it will, uh, you're like, I love coffee, my $30 grinder is okay, probably. Um, I used a $15 grinder for a really long time, but then eventually there was the moment of going, I really could do this and this experience really like I have enough of a coffee palette right now, not a great one, but enough of one where a good grinder is actually going to contribute something to the experience of me sharing coffee with friends. And it does. I love that thing. When we moved and we didn't have it for a while, it was one of like the things I was most excited to see come out of the box. Yeah. See, for me, I've seen this principle get flipped too many times in my own life and other people's lives that I like... I would caution against assuming that the next piece of gear is going to come with the higher ability or the higher enjoyment. I would say build the enjoyment and build the skill and then bring the gear up to that level Yes, because actually then it's going to support you. So you don't need the $10,000 road bike in order to enjoy road biking. You need the $500 road bike to enjoy road biking. And then as you get skill, you can raise that bar of the other thing. Um, so with the coffee piece, you're like, you already loved that and then wanted to be enjoying it more. And so that piece wasn't crazy. I mean, it's hundred dollars, but it sure feels crazy when it's your morning cup. It does feel crazy. And that is a wonderful principle of uh, the minimum product is not necessarily the minimum viable product. Right, like the MVP is this thing in the business world, which is not letting perfect get in the way of truly good. And people often say that companies can wait too long, especially startups, to release their thing and go, no, no, no. When it's look for the moment that it first is ready, then release it. It's possible to take that the wrong direction, though, and go, yeah, therefore a fifty dollar bike will work and go, the minimum thing is not necessarily like the minimum viable thing for <laughs> right. you in this season. Right. And go with minimum viable, build up skill, and then like what the minimum viable thing is relative to your skill and investment is going to change year to year and decade to decade. Yeah. Uh, Patagonia has their like whole cultural brand around own a few high quality pieces of gear for a long time and it's it's a narrative that struck a chord five ten years i mean who knows how far back it goes but i started paying attention to that branding within the last decade and i would notice the the two stories that kind of seem to unfold to that minimum product versus minimum viable product my wife and i both wear sunglasses and she would be willing to spend five to twenty dollars on a pair because they're going to go in the purse because they're going to get beat up because they're going to get lost because you don't want to spend two hundred dollars on a pair of sunglasses if they're not going to last very long i've had the same two hundred dollar pair of sunglasses for going on years no uh more i think i got it in like i think it's over 10 now it's been 11 years um same pair for 11 years whereas 
she's gone through many pairs at the lower price point because when the narrative is this doesn't matter I can just get another cheap one you actually end up not taking care of yourself or the thing very much and that the quality actually does matter if you can take care like if you can reach the point it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be the fanciest stuff but you when it comes to sunglasses as a specific example you do want to take care of your eyes so you don't want them dilating because you are giving them shade but not giving them uv protection so you're actually harming your eyes by putting on really cheap pairs of sunglasses that's the same example i was thinking of sunglasses at this thing where i went yep you can i mean you can get a pair of like uv protected sunglasses that are still plastic and the company's story is you know you can protect your eyes with recycled plastic for less and go that kind of might be the minimum thing it is protecting your eyes and it costs $20. Though I would say that when it comes to your vision and the fact that for every day you're outside without sunglasses, you lose blue light receptors at an astonishing rate and go, oh man, my enjoyment of color is enough that I put sort of the minimum viable product at Sunski, which is right about $60 where the lenses are actually good. And I would say, go that even higher. REI Outlet, you don't go on there to check their crazily reduced uh, things and go, take your sunglass thing to 80, go for the Smith Highwire Chroma Pop sunglasses, and they, they're they polarized, they're UVA, UVB protected, they'll actually like make your vision outside pleasant and not kind of murky, and there you have the minimum viable product. It was slightly more than you thought it was, but that is in fact what will work, what is effective enough. And there's, I mean, there's going to be people listening who are like, I don't have $80 for a pair of sunglasses. I don't have $200 for a pair of sunglasses. I don't have $20 for a pair of sunglasses. Leave my eyes alone. And to that, I think we get back to the third part sort of channel theme of this whole episode is, right, no, you don't need to buy a certain thing to be okay. Also be aware of the internal narratives that are playing out of like God's not going to provide that for me. Um, I am resentful of you for suggesting that I need certain things. Uh, or the opposite narrative of I need to have the best of everything in order to be okay. There's a person who's listening who's going, just 60, just 80 in a pair of sunglasses. My sunglasses cost X and I have X many pairs of them. Like There's going to be people falling on all sorts of points along this internal narrative. And so I just, I just be aware of that. Don't just let that rule you. Don't let those winds just blow you around because there is probably a cheaper pair that are going to take care of your eyes. But the example of like the sunglasses is also an example of how you are handling value for yourself and for the ways that you think God values you. So, oh, let me just, ju- here's the thing. I, I, I got your, I got the summary. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, You cannot have and don't need everything. Right. And we could do a long list of when was the last time you bought X, and it would just be never 10 years ago. What are things that you thrift? We could go into that category. Right. But what we're actually talking about here is you have a seasonal calling. That would be 
It's difficult to argue. And then there's stuff that goes with that. There is a basic level of stuff infrastructure that accompanies your seasonal calling. Some of it is borrowed. Some of it is inherited. Some of it actually is bought. What you do with the stuff that goes along what God is calling you to do actually reflects who you believe the Father is. And that's sort of the whole message of the podcast with a bunch of tactical other specific examples of joy does scale because that $60 pair of sunglasses can bring a whole lot of joy when that's your limit. And the pop-up is a whole new scale for us, but it's bringing joy and it doesn't have to be the best one. And so there's all those little tactical pieces of ways that it plays out. You want a couple more? Let me give you a couple more. Give us a couple more. Not all of these things happen at once, but just in the kind of interesting, what are some things that actually are bringing joy that have lined up over the past couple of years with seasonal callings? Uh, I can never say this company right. I can say it Dakhein, but it might be different. But you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Dakhein Hot Laps 5-liter fanny pack with hydration, that has made riding a bike so much more pleasant, especially because I don't like water bottles. Uh, and you don't know. I'm just saying if like riding a bike on a regular basis, something you do and your water bottle is working great, awesome. Uh, if you ride a mountain bike on a regular basis and you don't know how incredible it can be to be like actually hydrated before, during, after and have your stuff with you, that one, I'm what, five years in to mountain biking at I'm this just point? just not doing it, yeah. Just not doing it? Wait, okay, pause on that. Uh, we're doing an article on different commuting bags and things like that. And I've had such an interesting experience where I've been commuting already and using like a school backpack made by North Face that I stole from Luke. I like it more than these other commuting bags that we've bought. Yeah, totally. And so like <laughs> functional fixedness, man, like I, you do not necessarily need the commuting bag to commute. I've got a, a very different bag that I find to be much more comfortable and didn't cost me anything. And it's great. And then the flip narrative is you haven't been hydrated biking for five years. Now you finally have this thing and it's like, oh, now I actually can have this be sustainable, and enjoyable the whole time. Right. Uh, here's another simple one. As I'm slowly acquiring tools, again, there's the minimum product where you can get a socket and ratchet set that's $13 at Home Depot. But I've kind of looked at gun. What is the minimum viable one where I don't want that and to get into project four years from now? Uh, on the other hand, I don't need the mechanics $200 one. Um, so... Like I recently went with the fifty-five sock dollar socket and ratchet husky set, both metric and standard. Really helpful in replacing a quarter panel. Really helpful in working on a motorcycle whose wiring harness I set on fire several weeks ago, mm, yeah. uh, trying to diagnose what was happening and made everything a lot worse. So at least you're starting from scratch, <laughs> right? I would say another thing is, uh, you know, speaking of the motorcycle, a seventy-dollar wiring harness that I'm trying to replace on a 72 CB 500. It's going okay. Uh, <laughs> super fun. We're talking about a car part that it's it was going okay. You lit it on fire. I, that was before I bought the new one. The old one is going really bad on account of being burned. 
And then I would say, uh, you know, in the in the kids stage, we have both recently upgraded our human powered transportation stuff. You with your bike chariot, me with my hiking backpack mm. that has just gone. Hey, what what stage are you in, and what thing is necessary to actually do the thing that you love, and what's the minimum viable product there? And if you have kids, and you're in the Northwest, there's this crazy thing that hiking backpacks show up at garage sales in the Northwest for some reason. They don't here. They're like gold here. If you're not in Washington or Oregon, use the Google machine and get the Deuter is the brand. Deuter. Deuter. Do you remember what the actual model is called? It's the best one. Don't get the Osprey one. It looks sexy, but it's not very good. No, I just remember there's three sizes. I think we got the medium in yeah. terms of storage because this like the streamlined one ends up not being actually convenient, and the super big one is like at that point you have a backpack and a child inside the backpack. It's just not not useful. Yeah. What bike chariot would you recommend? I just we know we have a few people who are. Oh, um, we did the um, blah 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 blah. Um, which I highly recommend. <laughs> you can't remember what it's called? I think mine's the Bounder. Uh, it has a kangaroo logo. It's yellow. So it's Australian. It's $50 on Craigslist. Um, all right, because, I mean, that's my sort of my test these days for things is um, show me the cheapest that is, like, going to get me out the door. Now show me the nicest that's going to be, like, ridiculously expensive. And now... Let me see how long it takes for me to intersect those two lines of like nice and value. And when it finally hits a point where it's relatively affordable, then that's usually what I go with. I really like the website, um, the wire cutter. Oh, that's a good in one. terms of reviews. So it's actually where I found the uh, the chariot I ended up getting and the backpack that we use, the the the, the Doita. Because, I don't know, sometimes it's nice to have somebody else do the research and buy, like, 17 models and try them out. And I actually really trust these folks. So Wirecutter, fantastic. The other one, if you don't know, is Gear Patrol. That one. If you haven't heard of Gear Patrol. I'm just, like. You probably have encountered them somewhere. Wirecutter's better because they make one recommendation per tier. Yeah, and uh, Gear Patrol makes their has money like every, on reviews. everything. They have so many per thing. Right. Um, but I like Gear Patrol when I'm trying to figure out what are the 20 candidates in this space that I should be aware of. Right. And then I'll begin to like... Because it, it ends up being specific to your use, right? And the way, thing the Wirecutter does is it says, this is the best three um, Gear Patrol ends up being like, this is what these 20 are like, and these are the only ones we thought were worth reviewing. And you're like, oh, okay, great. Now I'm going to apply my situation to the, the pocket knife. No, I'm not Bear Grylls, so I probably don't need that one, even though I think I might become Bear Grylls if I buy it. Remember, that's marketing. <laughs> that's right, because Bear Grylls' thing is not the minimum viable product for your season uh, and where you are with your discipline. Unless in, you're one of our few hardcore mountaineering listeners, in which case it is and you already have it. So more power to you. I think of the Wendell Berry quote, don't own so much stuff that you are relieved to see your house set on fire. I don't know how many of like, my friends' parents' houses I would get into and they'd have like the automated wine bottle opener thing that like also played music. And I look at that and go, when's the last time that was used? A, you're playing music off of your phone and your stereo. B, you just used 
the $4 wine key because it was faster and the batteries are dead in that other wine opener. Why is that still on the counter? So that's the top tier. And I would put the bottom tier that we're going to negotiate this point between is don't have so little stuff that you can't have anyone over ever or do any of the things that you love. <laughs> 